0: good morning and thank you for joining in today's podcast this is dana from das financial aid consulting services and today this show is dedicated to taking your questions on the 21 or sorry 2020 2021 fafsa um i do have some questions that were already sent in to me (laughs) um so we're gonna start with those while we let everybody um join in on the podcast and then come in um, with their questions. Um, The first one is where do I go to complete the free application for federal student aid also known as the FAFSA. So you can go to studentaid.gov and that is where you'll be able to complete the FAFSA um, for either the current award year which is the 2019-2020 or you can complete the 2020-2021. Now I will say though that um, I just logged in there and um, because this is Sunday, um, right now they're unable, uh, they're doing site maintenance, so you're unable to log in or create an account at this point in time, Um, but check back because that is where you need to go to fill out your FAFSA and again that is what you need to complete in order to determine your aid eligibility for Pell Grant and direct loans. The next question that I have is what FAFSA do I need to complete? So if you're starting the school, at your school and your start date is prior to July 1st, 2020, you're going to want to complete both the 2019, 2020, and the 2020, 2021 FAFSAs. If your start date is after July 1st, 2020, you only will need to complete the 2020, 2021 FAFSA. And the next question I have, was with regards to what is needed to complete the FAFSA. So, if you are completing the 2020, 2021 FAFSA, you will need to use your income from 2018 and your tax information from 2018. Now, if you are An individual whose marital status in 2018 was single, but now you are married per the 2020-2021 FAFSA instructions. Your marital status is as of the date of application. So if you're married as of the date you are completing the FAFSA, your spouse's 2018 income or 2018 tax information will be required to be included on the FAFSA. Also, you're going to need to um, acknowledge the number of family members that are in the household. And this is for the whole entire award year that will be residing in the household. So if you have um, family members, again, the that are residing in the household, they will need to be there from July 1st, 2020, through June 30th of 2021 in order to be included as a family member. If they're there for the majority of the year, you can include them. But if they are only gonna be there and they're not gonna reside with you, if they're only there for say the summer, and so July 1st, they're there Going to be residing with you, but if for some reason they're going to be moving out and moving on um, to their own place, um, own residence, then they should not be included as a family member. Also, um, it's good to note that if you are in a situation where you have children from a previous uh, marriage or relationship and uh, you are paying child support for these children. Rather than including the child support paid in 2018, um, you would want to include them as family members, even if you did not claim them as exemptions on your 2018 tax return. The reason for that is, is it gives you a better EFC calculation. EFC stands for Estimated Family Contribution and that number is dictated by the questions that are on the FAFSA in order to determine your aid eligibility. So um, just a little tip there, instead of claiming the um, child support paid, you want to claim the children that you're paying child support for or paid child support for in 2018 as family members. Um, When it comes to a situation where you may have been a non filer for 2018 um, if you are considered independent by age um, then which is for individuals who are um, 24 years of age or older at the time you are completing the FAFSA and you are a non filer you will need to um, If your file is selected for what they call verification, um, V1 or V5 verification, you will need to um, confirm non filer status by um, accessing um, or requesting a confirmation letter from the IRS. Um, If you cannot obtain a confirmation letter from the IRS, then the government is permitting. self-certifying statements from the student and then they have to be backed up um, by the uh, school's financial aid advisor that is um, taking care of your file so that is something that um, you will need to also uh, work with your financial aid office in order to obtain that again if your file happens to be selected for a process that is called verification. Um, With regards to um, the 2018 um, tax information, um, depending on what your tax filing status was, if it was married filing jointly, um, then you will be able, or single I should say, single married filing jointly, those two options you would be able to utilize what Um, Department of Education and the IRS have put together called the IRS Data Retrieval Tool. When you go to complete your uh, FAFSA you will want to elect to use that um, because once that pulls in your information you will not have to provide additional copies of your 2018 tax return again if the file is selected for the process of v1 or v5 verification. If you were married, but you and your spouse filed married filing separately, the IRS data retrieval tool is not an option you will be able to utilize. It will not be um, even provided to you. And you will need to be prepared that there is a possibility you will have to provide copies, signed copies of your original 2018 tax returns that you filed with the um, Internal Revenue Service to confirm that the information that was entered on the FAFSA is accurate. This goes for those of you that are starting school prior to July 1st. If for some reason um, you complete the 2019-2020 FAFSA, um, you will need to provide your 2017 tax information. Um, And again, if you happen to be non-filer in 2017 or if it's a situation where you were not married in 2017 but are married at this time, you will want to um, provide the 2017 income earned from work as well as the 2017 tax information um, for not only yourself but your spouse. Uh, The parents for dependent students will have to do the same. So if their marital status is changed between 2017 and 2020, when you're filling out the uh, FAFSA, then um, you need to be aware of what is required to complete the FAFSA. Um, If you are in a situation where you were married in 2017 but are no longer married, Then if you filed a joint tax return in 2017, your um, income will need to be broken out from the joint tax return um, and you will need to be um, required to provide um, the tax return as well as um, the W-2s and um, also any other line items that might pertain to you, um, or pertain to your um, ex-spouse, those would have to be um, allocated out so that we would be able to uh, recalculate um, an AGI, recreate an AGI, and also income tax paid to get a better calculation um, for your um, estimated family contribution. And this is all to make sure that you are getting um, um, most accurate figure and also the, the, the most uh, federal student aid that you're eligible to receive based on your current situation. So those are a few items uh, that you will need in order to complete the FAFSA. Um, as well as you will also need, um, if you're under the age of 24, um, you will need your parents' um, information. And uh, I know sometimes that can be a little tricky. Um, because uh, of family dynamics, so um, what I highly recommend is is that everybody for the most part has access to the internet um, just get yourself a copy of the 2020 2021 FAFSA um, there is a paper copy available and if you um, email me I'll be happy to provide you with the link but you can look it up all you have to do is just type it into Google and it'll pop up and uh, the instructions are something that you're going to want to read so that you are um, familiar with um, what your responses should be at the time you go and complete the FAFSA now once the FAFSA um, before you submit it you are also going to need your school code um, the school codes are assigned to every institution that is eligible to um, be in what is called the Title IV program. Title IV is just another um, acronym, if you will, for um, federal student aid. So it means that the institution that you are applying to can actually um, be um, eligible to disperse federal Pell Grant and federal direct loans. If you are attending a school that is not Title IV eligible then um, you can complete the FAFSA but it's not gonna um, you won't be able to get any aid out of the um, FAFSA for the institution you're attending because they won't be able to disperse it. Um, So that in itself you would have to set up a payment plan with them and uh, if you do choose a school Um, that's in that situation I would highly recommend that you um, look into uh, scholarships Uh, we just established a Twitter account this week um, and you can look us up it's DAS uh, Virtual Financial Aid Training Academy at DAS underscore AID and uh, you can look into all of the tweets that we have been posting this uh, week. We've actually been sharing them and uh, Scholarship360.org is a great resource um, to where you can find all kinds of scholarships to apply for. Um, but in the event that you do um, pick this co- college or university where um, the institution is Title IV eligible, the school code does need to go on the FAFSA so that Um, When you submit your FAFSA and it's generated into the form, it'll be sent to the school that you're interested in and they will contact you and set up a um, financial aid appointment um, so that you can go over what your aid eligibility is and whether or not you need to complete that verification process and uh, move forward to get your files processed. Now, for those of you that have already completed the 2020 2021 FAFSA, you already have heard from your schools, you have um, maybe completed and sent in your acceptance letters. Um, The financial aid has not been processed yet for these files. So make sure that, um, again, you are in contact with your financial aid office to get those um, files um, in the works of being processed so you know exactly how much you are eligible to receive and you can make alternative um, arrangements for the additional monies that will be owed because federal student aid does not cover hundred percent of the money that will be owed, um, to the institutions that you are attending. And, uh, we will go over the eligibility aspect of, um, what individuals, um, are eligible to receive in our next podcast. Um, we do have some prior podcasts that also have addressed that. so You can go into our episodes um, and also peruse that. But we will go through that again because uh, with the 2020-2021 award here opening up for processing financial aid within the next few weeks, um, there will be a lot of questions regarding that. So um, those are a few questions that we had um, come in. And, uh, hope everybody is doing well, um, in this time. And I think since it seems that, um, all of the questions have been answered, I am going to, um, end the podcast for today. Um, please be on the lookout for the next live podcast that we'll be hosting and, uh, scheduling. And, um, if everything goes as planned this week, um, we'll have one definitely on Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Um, And maybe we'll squeeze another one in um, on Wednesday. Uh, But we'll see how that goes. But those of you that are following the podcast, we thank you very much for your support. And uh, you will get notification on that. So in the meantime, everybody take care. And don't be afraid to check us out on our Facebook page at Services.com. Uh, We also, again, have that Twitter feed and uh, we are also on YouTube. So take care and uh, we'll be talking to you soon.